0: Hello, hello, welcome in to the moment we've all been waiting for. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Because it's your girls, Big 30, the dirty 33 0 for Morgie in this episode of Morgan's Pop Talks. You know, I know that the good Lord looks out for me in a number of different ways. One of those ways being that my birthday fell on a Thursday this year, the day that an MPT is released. And boy, oh boy. Do we have a show for you? Been teasing it, been teeing you up all week. We've been waiting a long time, a long time. And I'm only going to do an interview with our guest this week because honestly, it's my birthday and I don't want to work that much. You know how much time it takes to write a pop three, a deep dive, and then like review the Real Housewives of New Jersey, which was pretty good this week, by the way. We'll do it next week. But for my 30th birthday, finally, we have been waiting. I have. Bachelor Nation, in my opinion, fan favorite, Michael A., joining the podcast now. So sit down, relax, enjoy the show, and I hope you guys enjoy my birthday episode as much as I do. Quite possibly the most anticipated guest ever on MPT, the one and only, Akron's own Michael A., (laughs)
1: Oh, I love being here. We've been uh, trying to put this together for how long, Morgan? My God.
0: A year and a half?
1: Yeah. It's been (laughs) forever. I can't believe this is actually happening.
0: I know. It's so funny because, you know, Michael and I are both Northeast Ohio natives, and I work on a morning radio show, and that's how we first connected because part of my job is to look out for the local contestants. So I remember I was sitting in the airport. Uh, I think I was going to see David in London. And all the cast had just been announced. And so my boss was like, look up who's from Cleveland. Look up who's from Akron. So I did. And I'm like, oh, okay, this Michael A. character. And I sent you a DM like that day before the season had even started. And I was like, hey, you know, I see that you're going to be on The Bachelor. We would love to have you on our morning show. And little did I know that Michael A. would become... Such a fan favorite, a heartthrob for middle-aged oh, yeah, right. women all around <laughs> yeah. America. Oh, and my here God. we are.
1: Oh, my God. Remember my cast photo? <laughs> I do remember I, your cast. You know, there's such a funny story about that. I had um, I had sent in a bunch of photos that my sister had taken, and they were actually decent. But she had done them with, uh, like, a live footage so they couldn't accept them because it was on an iPhone live. right? And so I, I was like, the night before I took that photo, which has followed me my entire life now, um, it's everywhere. Uh, you know, my contractor was redoing my kitchen and took a um, picture of me like right in front of my garage before I was going to work. <laughs> I didn't know what they were going to use it for. And now in hindsight, man, it's, it's, it's kind of legend right now.
0: I mean, I mean no shade by this whatsoever, but it looks no, nothing like you. I, it
1: really I, had doesn't. A, I had a really rough night. <laughs> I think James was up to like four in the morning. I had like a bunch of meetings and I was just so tired. I was like, yeah, whatever. They're oh. not going to use this.
0: <laughs> it lives in infamy.
1: <laughs> it, really it really does. It really does.
0: Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know we're going to catch up on all things Michael A. And I decided I already have a title for this. It's called the Michael A. Expose.
1: Oh, I like that. Because
0: we are going to get into it. Uh But you're busy. You're booked and busy. I saw your guys' Instagram stories this weekend. Danielle is like in the process of moving to Cleveland right now.
1: She is here right now. So she, uh, we spent all last week in Nashville on this farewell tour with her friends. And I've said this a million times. Her friends are the greatest group of people I've, I've met in a long time. They're all like musicians, really creative. Mm-hmm. And we spent the whole week on this farewell tour packing up, you know, a lot of her stuff. And she drove up uh, two nights ago with her mom and stayed at my place and then now she's in cleveland so we got a good one morgan
0: i love it i'm so excited i can't wait to meet her i just am trying to figure out how the heck you convinced her to move to northeast ohio in the dead of winter
1: i know it's it's like the uh greatest trick the devil played right <laughs> you know convincing them uh, to come up here but i mean to be honest she was ready to move up here she was in nashville even though she's got a great support system there And she loves it. Uh, You know, she felt like it was a great time to to move. So sometimes timing really aligns, and I'm just so excited. I, you know, I haven't had a girlfriend, you know, since Laura passed away that was living in the same city as me, Mm -hmm. and so it's really exciting to have access to her all the time and not have to do the long distance relationships, as I know you're familiar with, too.
0: Very familiar. Very familiar. I'm just trying to figure out if this podcast interview is getting you out of maybe a little unpacking situation.
1: Yes. Oh, absolutely. We can (laughs) can go as long as you want. (laughs) Thank you.
0: I want to know the thought process and maybe the conversations you and Danielle had about not moving in together right away. Because it, it's a it's a bit of a big ask, you know, to move from Nashville to Ohio, uproot your life. And what was your guys' conversations about making sure that she was settled here on her own before kind of taking that next step together?
1: There's a bunch of things. I think it's a really good question because I know a lot of people have questions about that. And sometimes it can be interpreted as a lack of full commitment to somebody. And it's nothing like that whatsoever. Uh, We're fully committed with each other. I mean, in fact, our relationship was probably the weakest on the beach. And it's only gotten significantly better. And the show and the audience puts timelines on a lot of relationships. And what we've tried to do is, if we really want this to work, is do things how we would do them in real life without feeling any of that pressure, mm-hmm. which hasn't been difficult for us. I mean, we're making decisions that really work well for for us. And, you know, I have to keep my son, James, always at, you know, front and center. Right. And it's, it's you know, this this gradual approach without sprinting into things, I think is really, really healthy.
0: Yeah. And speaking of, you know, you kind of mentioned the timeline that maybe Bachelor Nation fans expect for you. How have you navigated? Because this I can imagine has been such a whirlwind for you, you know, like you're thrust into the spotlight and all of a sudden overnight, people are interested in your choices, the way you live your life. Like how has that been for you navigating what was a semi-normal life. I mean, obviously you had different circumstances to everybody being so overly invested.
1: I had a really difficult time adjusting to that after Katie's season. Um, There's no way anybody can really prepare for it to for strangers and for the public to now have strong opinions about you yourself based on very limited information. Mm -hmm. And they're in very invested, which is a great thing too. I mean, the majority of people that follow me are the kindest people in the world. And of course, you get your trolls every now and again, and you know, you learn to you know let that fall off you. But it is a very, very surreal and odd feeling. And when I got off KD season, I just had like this paranoia that you know, you're always being watched every time you go out. Mm -hmm. And it's not as though I'm doing anything uncharacteristic, but it's a weird feeling to think that people are watching your moves.
0: Yeah. Well, and not only that, everybody has an opinion about it and everything can be taken any way that people really want it to be taken.
1: Yes. Oh, Oh, all the time. And so, you know, if you went out, if I went out with, uh, you know, some of my friends to a bar and I was talking to a, a girl, just maybe it's a fan that, you know, wants to just say hi. Mm-hmm. If a picture gets taken and then it's put online and then things get taken out of context mm-hmm. out, of, out of nowhere, then it becomes something. So you just become a little bit more cognizant of that and also realize that You can't live for other people. You Mm -hmm. have to really just live your life the best way possible. And it's not our responsibility to if people don't understand something to educate them.
0: Right. I want to start at the beginning and then work our way into, you know, what recently happened on your reality TV stint with Paradise. But I feel like you don't really get the full picture unless you know from the beginning what mm-hmm. went down. You actually did not apply to be on the show. Can you talk about how you got casted?
1: Yeah, this this whole world that I've been kind of thrust into, it it's very unexpected. Um when, I'm trying to get my dates right. This would have been in 2021, January um, of 2021. You know, COVID is in the heat of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I just had a couple really difficult years after Laura passed. And about two days before Laura's like two year anniversary of passing, I checked my Instagram and there was a message from a bachelor casting director. And they're like, would you like to be on our show? And at first I was like, who <laughs> nominated me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like I was, originally I just was like, is this like a joke? Um, <laughs> Cause originally I thought it was like my mom or something. Right? Um, like who's putting you up to this? And I went through the process, the initial process uh, with the casting director and actually bailed out at the last moment. Um, because I was really, really nervous. I think for most people who are considering going on the show, you only can see what can go bad. Yeah. You know, because you Mm -hmm. don't understand, you just see that (laughs) lives can potentially get ruined. And you're like, Mm. I like my life. I'd like (laughs) not to be completely ruined here. Um, And, you know, I was also thinking about like being away from my son, taking time off work, whether or not I'd be ready and willing to date again and open up my heart again and all of those things uh, were a real challenge for me. And the casting director was like, you know, have another call with some more people. And they ended up convincing me. And in the end, I'm really glad I did it. It's been uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's been very odd, um, but it's been fun. It's given me a lot of energy and it's, it's, it's reignited kind of a spark that was missing in my life before.
0: And of course we all know by now, but you have a very touching story. Uh, uh, It moves a lot of viewers and I can only imagine that, you know, your past has to be a very difficult thing to discuss. And now you're on this massive TV show discussing your trauma a lot. Uh, Was that hard for you? Were you anticipating having to have these conversations a lot on live television for people to then make opinions about you
1: you know i really only know how to do it one way i mean i'm 38 years old now and it's if that's on if that's on my mind i'm gonna speak about it Mm -hmm. and if it's not i'm not gonna force it right and i was really happy to be able to tell the world about the amazing person that laura was Um, you know, she was just this light and, you know, looking back now, it's, you hope that the words are, are good enough and do that person justice. And also for people that are grieving other widows or people going through loss, you hope that you can help speak for them and their Mm -hmm. experience in some way and not downplay anything. Um, I was happy that of like with how everything uh, turned out there. But in my situation, it's very different than a lot of the other uh, contestants. Um, there's just a lot in my life that I had to take, you know, into account mm-hmm. with every decision that I made. I mean, that even goes to, you know, kissing people on TV. It's mm-hmm. like one day my son's gonna watch <laughs> this. And, you know, I, I don't want to embarrass him and everything. So, you know, you're just you're just aware of all of these things all the time. And it it can feel a lot sometimes.
0: What was the reaction by your family members? You go to them and you say, OK, I got this DM from a casting <laughs> producer from The Bachelor. What is their reaction? Is there any reservations from people around you?
1: Yes, from everybody. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I think <laughs> I think. If people are telling you to, if people were telling me go into this without question, um, you know, I'd be, I'd be wondering how good of friends they are to me because there, there is a lot to consider. And like I said, all you can see is risk and downside mm-hmm. in the beginning. Um, but then I started thinking about it a lot more. Um, I started talking about it often to friends and family. And I think that was a sign to them that it was on my mind. And I was going to have regrets if I didn't jump in.
0: Were you of the belief that you could fall in love in four weeks?
1: (sighs) Not really. Like, you really don't know what to expect. You don't. I mean, for our season, I didn't even know it was Katie. Mm. (laughs) So you know, the idea of falling in love with somebody in four weeks that you don't even know who that person is. um, Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think it was necessarily possible, but you know, the show is interesting in a way because it removes you from all of the distractions in real life. Mm -hmm. It makes you hyper-focused on what you want in life. And it's, there's a lot of therapy-esque, you know, scenarios. I mean, it's, it's early mornings, late nights, a lot of feels, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of introspection. And while you don't get to spend that much time like with Katie in that scenario, you do get to spend significantly more time with people on Bachelor in Paradise.
0: True, yes, good point. Before we get to BIP, you made it, you know, to the final 4 of Katie's season. Did you feel like you were in a place to introduce Katie to your family?
1: Um, I mean, my parents were in New Mexico. They were being held at like an Airbnb. It was a a COVID season. And it was, it was difficult. I'm trying to go back to that place right now. It feels like forever ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she, she, I would have been fine if she had met, uh, my parents. I was, it was in my head about meeting James, but James yeah. also wasn't in New Mexico right. at all. And there was, and Katie actually knew that that wasn't on the table as well. Um, yeah. I had conversations with with her about that. I think what some people don't necessarily get is people are like, it was hometowns, you know, it was just mm-hmm. two seconds away. If I hadn't made that decision to leave when I did, it was going to be about, 14 or 15 days before I saw James again, because it was COVID. He was going to have to be quarantined for a while. And, you know, there's a lot of it gets, it gets heavy around that time. Yeah. So going another two weeks after he said those words to me, right? um, just was way too much.
0: Yeah. That's interesting, too, because, you know, as a viewer, you don't think about that. You know, you see the conversation that you have on the phone with James and most people think oh he left that day and he saw him that night when really that's not the case at all
1: no not at all and i mean any parent can attest being away from your kid for 2 weeks when they are like calling out your name mm-hmm. is it's really difficult yeah and so i'm glad i made that decision i would do it all over again i think some people that were upset about it really were upset because they cared. I and mean, that's how I like to view that. They wanted yeah. to they wanted to see this play out. But it like I said before, timing is everything and it just wasn't the right time for me.
0: While we're on the subject of Katie, can we talk about the flirty comment that you made on Katie's Instagram <laughs> post? <laughs> that you have
1: been you have been banking these questions. I have. For how I long I <laughs>
0: Michael, this took the world by storm. Everyone was like, "What is going on?" Because at that time, nobody knew what happened. We didn't know if she ended up with Blake. We didn't know what had gone down with Greg. And now, all of a sudden, Michael is leaving this flirty comment on her Instagram, and we're like, "Now, uh, what do we? What do we know, think?"
1: I, I know. Like, it, <laughs> it's been far from a uh, clean run for me. Sometimes, uh, I mean, I'll I'll chalk it up to this, and this is this is the truth. I had no idea that she was with Blake. Um, I know that there were rumors out there, but they're often wrong. Right. None of the guys knew. Um, They kept it very tight lipped. And for me, it was the fact that I still felt very strong for her. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm somebody that I can't just. As as you as I think is apparent on TV sometimes, and sometimes I get criticized for it, is I don't throw around my like love and my emotions, and I don't throw around these words like they they truly mean something to me. Um, and it looks different on the show when people are doing that because it looks like you're not ready or things like that. Right, but that's, right. This is this is this is how I operate in in real life. And it may be frustrating to view, but, um, you know, as somebody that has had a happy marriage and, and good relationships, it works for me.
0: Yeah. Well, I also think on the flip side of that, if you were to do that, it would be considered reckless because if you're saying things that you don't mean, that's when you actually really end up getting in trouble in relationships down the road.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. So sometimes you're you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, I try to stay true to myself. I loved the experience that I had on The Bachelorette with Katie. Such an amazing group of guys, friends that I still keep in touch with to this day. Um, and I wish her nothing but the best. And I'm, uh, we still talk every now and again. Um, just, a, just a really good person. And again, people's perception doesn't necessarily align with reality. And mm-hmm. I pride myself a little bit on being able to identify like the really good people. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie, Katie's one of them. She's a great, great person.
0: Love that. We love supportive
1: exes. <laughs> yeah, always, <laughs> always. Well, you know, if you, I, I, I actually keep in touch with a lot of my exes too. Um, if you go through, a, if they meant something to you at a certain time, Um, and those emotions were like so incredibly heightened Mm -hmm. that you still have a special place for them. It may not be romantic. It may not, may not be something that you want to develop into a a lasting relationship, but there's Mm -hmm. still respect there as a, as a person. And so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of keeping in touch with people that have made an impact in your life.
0: So tell me what category. Based on what you just said, whether it be a lasting relationship or somebody who just made an impact on you, where would Amanda Klutz fall into that category for
1: you? This is, you've been banking. (laughs) This is like in the archives right now. (laughs) Um, Amanda, that was so funny when that whole thing kind of took off. You know, if people don't know Amanda's story, she lost her husband uh, to COVID, yeah. I believe, uh, two years ago. And we connected because she saw how I spoke about being a widow. And, mm-hmm. and to have people when you're grieving that understand it, uh, the process, it's really important. You can surround yourself with all your friends and family, but if they haven't walked it, it's just words, um you need people that have gone through it and and Amanda and I developed a friendship over kind of our our shared life experience, and the fact that she also has a a son elvis you mm-hmm. know i have you know james it's it's difficult going from you know married to single so quickly, yeah, and one of the biggest things that people are grieving is you're grieving the future that you thought you had, but lost, right? It's not just the person it's envisioning like this life. And so, you know, Amanda and I, we, we've had a friendship, like we still keep in touch. I root for her and I check in probably once a week, something like that. Yeah. So we talk all the time, but it, it's, it's so funny how the whole internet just jumps <laughs> on things. And, and, you know, I understand why it's fun, yeah. but yeah. No. Nah, well,
0: awesome. I mean, especially during that time, you know, you hadn't gone on Bachelor in Paradise yet. I think people were just rooting for you so much because they did connect with you so much on Katie season. And also people root for Amanda in the same aspect where, you know, she's on TV. She's a familiar face. People are familiar with her story. So it's like when you see two people like that who you just want to be happy so bad, you cannot help but to stand them together, Michael.
1: Well, I know. And, she, and she's from Canton. Too, right? So. So, so it was like you know just uh, 20, 20 minutes south of me. So yeah, we actually got to hang out when she came back for Christmas. I got to meet uh, her parents, who are as you would expect amazing. And yeah, I mean it, it was it, that was that was really funny. I mean I woke up. I think the next morning I'm like, oh my god, Google Alerts is going <laughs> bananas right now. Um, you know, I, I called her. I was like, how do you want to handle this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: what was that conversation?
1: Um, it was base. It was basically like, you know, let it let it sit there for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have some fun with it, and then um, you know. Truth will come out eventually.
0: There's nothing like the feeling of being confident in your own skin. It's something that I have struggled with in the past, which is why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best with no complicated routines, no multiple-step protocols, just simple, scientifically-validated solutions. Right now, I'm using the OS1 Eye Topical Supplement to help strengthen and firm the skin around my eyes. So far, I've noticed it has improved hydration and improved firmness. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code poptox at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support the show and tell them I sent you because I love you like a sis. Before we get into Bachelor in Paradise, we have to know, were you ever approached to be the lead, to be the Bachelor?
1: I don't think I can talk about that.
0: Okay, give us a wink. One wink means yes, two (laughs) winks mean no. Okay, let's just say hypothetically because… I'm just going to shoot you straight. We all know that they wanted you to be The Bachelor. They needed somebody like you. They needed somebody that people felt connected to, that people were rooting for. They needed Michael A. I will take that as far as I can go. But let's just say... I think a
1: lot of people will disagree with you now.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, maybe after Bachelor in Paradise. But we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's just hypothetical. Would you have been interested? Or would you have... Not really wanted to do that.
1: Um, I would say that I didn't want to do that.
0: okay, we're gonna leave it there because I think we all know what that means.
1: yeah, and <laughs> and and' I, it, I'll, I'll say I'll say this it's there's a lot, like I said before, there's a lot of pressure on the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 exhausting and all that hours. It's it's a lot of um, it's a lot of, uh, you know, it's a very heavy emotional task. And the expectation is that by the end, you're ready to get engaged. Right. Right that is a difficult thing for people to take on. That would have been a very difficult thing for for me to take on. Yeah. And I think if you look at the show, you know, every now and again, you'll get a very lasting relationship. But engagement means something to me. Right. I, I, I mean, it, it, it just does. Um, and I never would want to you know, um, downplay or dilute Mm. the importance of that uh, just because an opportunity existed.
0: Yeah. And I think maybe that's why Bachelor in Paradise uh, appeals to a lot of people more because you don't have that pressure of necessarily walking away engaged. But in your situation, like you did with Danielle, you can still walk away in a very healthy, committed, loving relationship that does have A future, you know, coming into that Bachelor in Paradise season, you were a fan favorite. And I think soon after you experienced the other side of the coin in Bachelor Nation kind of flipping on you. What was it like for you to receive such backlash regarding your breakup with Sierra on the beach?
1: You know, it was it was difficult. Um, You know, I always coached a lot of my uh, buddies through difficult times, but never experienced it myself it was a bit confusing for me if i'm being honest um my intention with sierra was the second that i knew there wasn't a future to tell her Mm -hmm. about it um i know that that time was not ideal when she's giving me this very thoughtful gift Mm -hmm. the truth is is I could have very easily waited two days, gotten a rose. And then in hindsight, we would have been split up. Danielle would have came down with the other set of girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's n- none of the contestants know what's going to happen. That's just the truth. The whole show is based on capturing real reaction. Right. And so if anyone's privy to it, it completely ruins it. Yeah. Because um, people talk too. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know who's coming down. I don't know that they're switching houses. I don't know about any of that. All I wanted to do was be upfront with Sierra, and I should have used my words better. I mean, I I did talk about grief, but honestly, that's real. I mean, I talk about grief with Danielle and how that's makes me question whether or not I'm ready to be in a relationship with her sometimes. Yeah. Um, And she understands that because she's gone through it. Right. Um, So it, it wasn't an excuse. It was just that I knew she wasn't my person. And I did feel as though we hadn't gotten to know each other well enough to start talking about you know, being a stepmom and those types of things, I, I felt like it wasn't necessarily landing. She's a she's a great person. Um, she's super. Ha- I, she's in a relationship right now, so it looks like everything worked out.
0: Would you say what would be like the biggest misconception that people have about that breakup?
1: I th- I think there there's a misconception that. You know, I used grief as an excuse, which if you think that, I mean, honestly, you haven't gone through grief because it's it's around you all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a I think people are confused and misguided by thinking that, you know, I knew all of these things ahead of time. You know, I don't know that Danielle is coming down. I don't I don't know that they're splitting up the house um, all I did, my sole action, was literally telling Daniel or telling Sierra that you know she it wasn't going to work out. I wasn't anticipating Sierra leaving. Um, I mean, looking back, I gave Sierra a rose. She she has she didn't give me any, um, so I didn't I didn't lead her on. She she left when she had the rose, and she did it really gracefully and understood it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I you know I applaud her for that. But I wanted to do it when she still had a rose so that she could determine what was best for her.
0: What do you make of people saying that you were, uh, for lack of a better term, that you were protected by production because it does kind of come across that way right you have this breakup and like you said there's no rose for you but then all of a sudden Danielle comes down and she wants to take you specifically on a date more or less saving your time in paradise
1: I can totally see how that's perceived um I do wish you know production maybe had made a easier transition um than what they did because it did look like that um yeah. but but again that had nothing to do with me
0: right that's um, not in your control it's not it's not
1: it's not in my control whatsoever um i think i think looking back at, well i i should say this everybody who's on that beach they they are asked who do you want to see Mm -hmm. everybody gives out names. Danielle was a name that I gave out. Um, So I think production had the idea of her and I developing a relationship on the beach. Mm -hmm. I do wish that she would have been sent down like for sand. I think that would have been fantastic because for my life, I need more time. There's just, there's just a lot of things going on at home. There's a lot of things to discover um, and because it's a matchmaking show, you know, if, if, if you're on that beach, you have been requested by somebody mm. because they want to see relationships form. And the worst thing in the world, it would be actually cruel if you were sent down there and nobody requested you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you'd just be like the odd man out. But they yeah. want to see these relationships form. And so they're trying to set contestants up for success early on.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I have always had the theory and I said it when I watched the episode, like to me as a viewer, as someone who has digested bachelor in paradise for, you know, 10 years or however many years, it was very clear to me that Danielle was going to be in that house split. And that's, that's when they were going to try to create that drama between your relationship with Sierra. I think they were banking on you taking her rose, and and like you said, you know, leading her on. You chose not to do that, Correct. and so they had to come up with this drastic measure to make sure that you and Danielle did meet. Because, like you said, you had thrown her name out there. How much did you guys talk in the DMs before yeah. Bachelor in Paradise?
1: Yeah. Well, there's two thing. There's two things here. Was if if you're looking looking at you know, how everything kind of happened. Producers weren't anticipating Teddy leaving. They weren't anticipating Sally not staying. They weren't anticipating Sierra leaving. Mm -hmm. Like things actually happen that mess up the flow of the show. It's very unpredictable. Right. Um, You may have an idea when you start, but it changes very quickly. And so all of those things, again, completely out of my control. Um, as far as talking with Danielle before the show, she had reached out after Katie season, again, kind of like Amanda Clutes. Like she lost somebody too. And to be in the Bachelor franchise and understand the, you know, the overnight, you know, fandom and yeah. and all of that, while being somebody that also lost her fiance, um, we bonded over that. But we didn't keep in touch. Like we didn't. I've never met her in person before. Yeah. I mean, I spoke with C. I spoke with Sierra in in DMs too um, before the show. Everybody does talk. Yeah. And people people have talked because they don't know if they're going to be on Paradise the next year. Mm-hmm. Everybody just kind of chats because they're like, "Hey, welcome to the franchise. Welcome to the family. How's everything yeah. going? Are you?" You know, I see that you're getting some heat on Twitter. Are you doing okay? <laughs> you know, like there's, there's these check-ins because yeah. people are, you know, people that have gone through this know it. Um, so it's, it's a lot of that.
0: I think there also is this weird, like, stigma of contestants, you know, knowing each other before Bachelor in Paradise. I know you, like you said, you got a lot of heat for allegedly knowing Danielle before. Um, but I, I don't feel like other people got as much heat as you did. I mean, we all know that Aaron and Genevieve knew each other before they went on Bachelor in Paradise, they sat next to each other at, after the final rose, I'm convinced that Brandon and Serene knew each other. I mean, you don't walk down on the beach and lay one on her five seconds after being there without mm-hmm. some form of communication. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's an unfair argument by Bachelor Nation that you guys should not be speaking before you're on the beach?
1: I, th- I think it's confusing for the audience because speaking before the show has been a storyline in the past mm-hmm. that's been villainized. Right. And so I think as Brandon an Brandon and
0: Piper. We yeah, all, yeah. yeah. And I
1: think, I think as an audience, you're like, what are the rules? What are yeah. we supposed to applaud? And what are we supposed to, you know, boo? And right. I feel like that constantly shifts, but at the end of the day, the like everybody really talks. And I think for Danielle and I, I'm not going to pretend not to know her. Like, I, I I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like I knew I knew who she was. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm a, yeah, I'm I'm just not gonna do that. So um it was weird seeing people's response to that like it was planned out. Um when it just was it's it's far from that. And even if Danielle and I had spoken before, that really simplifies how complex it is to fall in love with somebody and bring right. them into your life, introduce them to your, your child, mm-hmm. introduce them to my in-laws. Yeah. Like there is it's a lot more complicated than that. Like you can know somebody, but to take the next steps after the beach and really integrate them into your life, that's that's really where the work starts.
0: Right. How long did it take for you in paradise to know that you were really starting to fall hard for Danielle?
1: You know, it was really. It was really about a day before, um, and I wasn't in love with her at that point. Like I said before, our relationship on the beach was probably the weakest that it was. Um, I mean, now it's it's amazing i i love her like mm-hmm. she's amazing um but i was i was uncertain and i think i gave it some thought and it was really i came to the conclusion that there was enough there
0: yeah to give to, it a shot
1: to give it a shot and I, like i said before me giving it a shot is is not like hey let's make good tv like I have to take those uncomfortable next steps of Mm -hmm. those emotional next steps of integrating her into my life and living this life post show where you can't be seen. She lives in Nashville, a lot of weekends away. Um, You know, you have to really be committed to making it work. And we've we've done that.
0: Yeah. I mean, long distance will do that to you because you have no choice in a long distance relationship than to over communicate. And I feel like you find out really quickly in a long distance relationship, whether or not this is really real and is going to be real for the long term. Did you feel similar?
1: I have to applaud Danielle for this because it's difficult for me to travel eight hours with James. Mm. And she understood that and she spent so much time driving up. I mean, one thing was, you know, she wanted to get to know James, my friends, family, all of those things. But she spent a lot of time on the road during those months um, and was just very committed. And we noticed that each time we hung out, we got closer and closer and closer. And it was And it still continues to be now that she's in Cleveland. It's just this new phase that we are so excited about and something that we've really worked towards.
0: I'm excited for you guys, too. (laughs) I just feel like you can tell, you can tell that Ah, it's real and that's ah. so exciting. So before we wrap things up, I guess, what is next for Michael A.?
1: Oh, geez. Well, I mean... James is coming home from school. Let's see in about 15 <laughs> minutes here. And uh, I'm going to take him up to, to Cleveland and help Danielle pack and unpack and all of that. Uh, Danielle's mom's in town, too. So would love to get the parents together. And it's just kind of settling back into normal life, which, you know, it's it's welcomed. I've got some really cool projects I'm working on Um, when I recently got a, a patent a couple months ago for a therapeutic that offsets a side effect of chemotherapy called uh, hand-foot syndrome. And I'm speaking with the university right now to undergo clinical trials, hopefully at the end of May. So this would be just an amazing thing that helps enhance the lives of people going through the difficult journey of being diagnosed with cancer in the treatment.
0: I love that, Michael. I love you. I just I love the you world too. of you. I'm so glad you finally got to come on the show. Everyone's I know.
1: Love it. <laughs> I'm I'm kinda I'm kinda upset that it's uh, over already. Like, I don't know. you have any more questions? I know. Here? You
0: really don't want to go help. Dan I don't want to go pack.
1: <laughs> I don't want to go do this. Come on, what do you got? Give me anything.
0: <laughs> well, we're gonna have to have a double day in the land sometime very soon.
1: Yes, yes, anytime. I can't I can't wait to uh Grab some drinks with you guys and uh, yeah, you'll love Danielle.
0: Oh, well, thanks, Michael.
1: I love you guys.
0: I told you guys it was going to be a good one. Thank you so much again to Michael for coming on. This has been such a long time in the making and I'm just so happy that we finally got to make it work. Don't forget, if you want to join the Patreon page, we have Pop a Batch coming out on Friday. We have Extra Pop coming out on Monday. Uh, The link for the Patreon is in the description below. I want to say thank you to Sam, Kat, Amy, Abby. They all have joined the Patreon this month and it means the world to me. Also, give me a review if you haven't yet. It's my birthday. Drop a little love you like a sis, drop a five-star rating, and hey, have a good weekend for me, all right? When you're out this weekend, if you're having a little drink, go ahead and take a shot from me for your girl Morgan's birthday, and we'll see you back here next week. Love you like a sis.